Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Mics on Mics podcast. I do apologize for the following that my voice for some reason sounds like I'm in a fishbowl in this episode for some reason. I don't know why my microphone is being very difficult with me recently and I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure what's going on with my software because recently I got a gaming PC. I've been usually recording the episodes off of that for the past couple of months. It's been working great, but now for some reason it's not. So I do need to do some research to how to fix that. But so I've been doing the episodes editing wise on my computer and also doing the podcast when recording episodes on my laptop now again. Uh, so the episodes can keep going so I do apologize if the audio sucks this episode but luckily we had done a collaboration with the Utterly Nonsense crew uh, we're talking about Godzilla versus King Kong by the way I'm Team Godzilla if you're not you can go ahead and leave just kidding uh, <laughs> but anyways uh, enjoy this week's episode and how to come up with your film concept you're listening to the Max on Mike's podcast where we discuss TVs movies video games and theater Tonight's hosts, Michael Lamberti and Michael Enamorado. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mike's on Mike's podcast. So this episode could be a little bit different today. Uh, we're not talking about any TVs, movies, or video games or theater today. Say what? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we're actually going to be talking like how to come up with your own film concept. So we back uh, Michael Namorado back on the mic after X amount of episodes. Uh, but been yeah, too long. So, yeah, it's too long. Uh, so it's glad to you know get the original O2 back into action, Mike Square. Um, so. Uh, Mike, so you have been doing some uh, filmmaking in your past, and you know, I know you're a little bit more of a, uh, you've done like fan films and also some uh, original concepts as well, so I was wondering if you could talk about a little bit about your, your process and figuring out your concept in a way. Okay, uh, so I haven't really done a whole lot of original content, rip, but whenever I have the biggest thing you got to think about is like what can you do that is a impactful to the audience and i mean there's no b that's pretty much it so coming up with the characters like let's say we're talking about a tv show pilot which i made my own version of uh whenever we worked on that class a show about all kinds of college students coming together and like the quintessential quintessential college experience Mm -hmm. we had all different types of demographics in there ranging from the freshmen to the super seniors um people of all different walks of life and like all different sorts of things going on in their life like frats sororities the the kids that stay at home the kids that play video games the people that have had relationships at school that haven't gone so well or maybe they are going really well or like maybe somebody's in a long distance relationship with somebody from high school and so we just try to appeal to everybody that we can and tell a meaningful story where Mm -hmm. our story there was um what was our story there it was kind of like just life yeah it was pretty just 
what I remember from that production, it was just pretty much like about uh, those struggles in college. Like, you know, I remember like your character when you were acting in it. Like, your character had like that. Um, actually, I watched that class actually not too long ago. Um, actually, early um, sometime over the weekend, actually. I just wanted to go Ooh. feel like nostalgia. It'd be like, oh shit, it's that class again. So I wanted to watch it, and you know, it's it's still awesome. I still love it. Um, I remember that like, with your character, he was going through like extra, you know, a very big crisis because he wasn't really sure like where your character wanted to go like after college. So he was trying to do as much as he can to put on his resume. And, right, you know, yeah, it was all about building the resume before leaving and deciding if he's going to stay in the same place or move mm-hmm. somewhere else, which is, and it was everything from my own life that I was experiencing at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember, you know, my character was pretty much in that uh, relationship um, uh, situation, I believe. Yeah, it was a relationship, uh, just pretty much a closet, closed-minded, well, not closed-minded, uh, more, uh, how would you describe him? I think he was, he was just more just, you know, just trying to figure out who he was. He was in his own was. bubble. Yeah, he was in his own little bubble. He was trying to, he's not really, he wasn't really going out as much, and he was really closeted, and he just, you know, when he actually, you know, started drinking and having fun, and he was trying to let go of that bubble, and after, like, he broke up with the girlfriend, and actually, well, the girlfriend broke up with him, <laughs> and he yeah, started going doing out partying without without telling her. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so got... basically, like you know, he was he was new to the school, freshman. He was always on the phone with his with his long term, uh, long distance girlfriend. And so it was like that's what he was always doing. He was always spending his time away from everybody else, just talking to her, not really experiencing anything else. And his mm-hmm. older brother, who was a senior. Well, just like, nah, come on, you're coming out with us. You're going to, like, actually experience. You're going to come out with me. You're going to make your own life instead of sitting there doing nothing and not experiencing yeah. what you should be experiencing, everything that life has to offer. Exactly. Um, actually, here's a, like, when I was actually, um, actually, one of the things that when I started, you know, doing full sale, um, one of the, um, well, the biggest take that I got from like, the first one because it was like our first class was film concepts and practices, and what my professor pretty much said was you pretty much you know when like the types of concepts or films you want to make, it's easy to just know like what you have experienced or like or try to convert it into a fictional story or something that you just witnessed and you just want to tell a a part of that story in your own way. Um, mm-hmm. I came up with a bunch of concepts after that. There was um, one called Streaming Struggles that, you know, it's like a comedy slash of life uh, short film about how this one guy was pretty much closed-minded. He pretty much was watching the same show over and over and over again and not really just doing anything while his other uh, friend was pretty much doing everything he can to pretty much build up his own resume and I was inspired by that class to you know to um, put my own twist in, in a way and you know pretty much you know you have the time you might as well use the time especially since you're in college and everything you gotta make the experience as much as you can so that's what the story I try to tell and recently I I'm, well this is kind of like a little bit of a it's a top secret little project. I can't really reveal much else, but 
Um, I do know, like, um, back, back in 20, oh my god, back in 2018, um, I tried to do a, a Power Ranger type of show, um, called, uh, Rekinger, but, um, I've, uh, oh my god, how much, how long did I, um, plan for that show? Like, three? No, five years now? It's a very long time. Yeah, very long time. And, you know, um, when I, you know, asked my professors, you know, how do I get to that, um, you know, into the pitching room that actually pitched the shows, and they said, actually, um, you can't do that. Uh, usually, like, something like, like a major brand, um, usually people, you know, are, like, the actual studios go to you. You don't go to them. And, you know, mm-hmm. so... Uh, this is actually some really good advice for anyone who actually wants to pitch like a TV show, like something like similar to either like Power Rangers, Star Wars TV shows, and also Marvel or any uh, big major brands like those, for example. Um, apparently, um, if you try to pitch a show to them and you have a script written, you can actually get a lot of trouble. Um, they would like demand that you write a cease and desist uh, form that if you don't sign, you actually could get sued. So, <laughs> it's a good thing I stopped, you know, writing uh, any form of script whatsoever, and I just, you know, write down on a journal to be like, oh, this would be a cool idea. So, if I, you know, get that opportunity, I could just, you know, present it in the best way that I can. And how do... I guess some of these people would say, well, how do you get to that opportunity? And the best thing to do is, honestly, um, for you to get those types of opportunities, you just got to keep working into something that might lead up to that opportunity, if that really makes any sense. So I had the idea of making up, like, my own comedy parody of the show, like, kind of like, um, of that brand. I'm still working on, like, a script. And actually, here's a little fun fact. Um, you know how, like, um, Spaceballs is a thing? Yeah. So, um, here's a good question. Do you think those creators actually signed the rights to get the, you know, to get Star Wars, for example? No. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they did not get the rights for the Star Wars. But what what the filmmaker did was he incorporated in a different way that it was still his own original idea, but it was still a nod to the franchise that might have inspired him or her. Uh, I don't know the filmmaker's well, it's name. Well, parody, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's no a parody. Books. Yeah, exactly. So it was he's, a parody. He's done so many parodies. He's done. He did a parody of uh, what was it? Frankenstein. He's done. He's done so much stuff. Mm-hmm. So. It, you know, I guess that what I'm trying to say is parody work is, honestly, it's a good start. Um, you know, just coming up with your own funny ideas with, you know, with times of filmmaking and you still, you know, in a way, you're still filming in that specific genre that you're interested in, but putting your own original twist to it and also calling it something else. Like, if I say, like, for the parody thing, uh, if I call it a Power Rangers, I would probably still get sued. <laughs> uh, but if I call it, like, something else, um, that relates to the theme that I'm going for, then that's original idea. So you just have to really, like, also just watch a bunch of movies and also TV shows that pretty much, like, inspire yourself and just write down the things, like, what do you like about the show, reasons why, and what works and what doesn't work, and maybe, you know, play off of it and see how you can make it into your own original twist to it. So... 
Um, that's what I've just, uh, that I've witnessed so far when it comes up to concepts. Um, I only try to write something that I already know, and if, if there's something that I don't know, I usually, you know, do the research, you know, about specific genres. Like, I would be honest, like, one of my biggest struggle with comes up with concepts, you know, or actually putting those concepts into action, is, like, mixing, like, say, like, horror and comedy. Like, I love both those genres. And sometimes the comedy is takes over the horror, or the horror takes over the comedy. And so, as of lately, I've been watching pretty much comedy horror films. Actually, uh, as of late, and actually, I just watched Cabin in the Woods, which is so, <laughs> it's so stupid, but I actually like what you know what they were doing with it, and because it's such a fun nod of like how they were really making fun of all the horror movie tropes and making it into a a weird story about some prophecy about some gods and stuff. Like, every year they have to, like, kill the jock, the 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 greedy one, um, pretty, pretty much the dumb blonde, and also, um, honestly, <laughs> the like, the reveal at the end, it's the same actors who played, um, oh my god, uh, uh, she she played an alien. What's her name? I forget her name. Uh, but Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, she comes out of nowhere and pretty much explains. You know, they have to perform this. You know, sacred ritual. If it about you know the jock, the dumb blonde, the stoner, and the virgin and the scholar to die, <laughs> so the world can be safe from evil gods. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, who came up with that concept? And I'm just like, they had to be high or something. But, you know, it's, um, it's, but at, at the end of the road, I guess, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you write what you know, and you try to, like, at least, you know, try to adapt the genres that you want to make into your own original image without actually copy and pasting and say, oh yeah, this is my thing. Because you could get in a lot of trouble if you try to um, say, oh yeah, this is my version of the Power Rangers and you've submitted to a film festival and now you're getting sued and copyrighted. Okay, you'll get your, yeah, you'll get pants sued off you. Oh yeah, so it's always good to always try to play with original concepts and, you know, so if you do want to get to that... Um, to the table read, or not really table read, uh, that job opportunity that you dream of getting, like working with Marvel, Star Wars, or whatever, um, then you just gotta keep making content that can relate to, like, what you're trying to do, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to add into that, or? Um, not particularly at this time, but if I think of something, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, uh, because um, because there's so like uh, with filmmakers and everything, it's honestly it's hard to come up with concepts. You won't you won't probably think of a concept until like it just magically drops into your head. It's um, it's that's kind of like the uh, the pain of just coming up with films is just trying to figure out like what you want to tell and how to um, make it. And so it's always best to, uh, you know, collaborate with other filmmakers or, like, for example, um, uh, you know, when I was trying to, like, make, like, actually, 
this actually happened not too long ago. I wanted to make like this giant monster movie not too long ago, and I wrote a script, and I, I will admit the script sucked. And, and I reached out to a full sales student I was working with at the time, and she was just like, you know, she was giving me really valuable feedback and actually wanted to help out. Uh, we kind of stopped working together. It's nothing like nothing bad ever happened. It was just like we were just constantly doing something, and she was doing her final thesis project because she was getting and you know getting towards the end of her academic career. So we haven't really had the time to work on it. And I honestly, um, with, um, with when I was looking back at the script, I wasn't really like motivated to keep working on it. So I just moved on to something else. So until so I found a script that I actually do want to work on, and because I love the concept that I came up with, because um, when it comes to concepts and everything like that, some filmmakers actually want to be super duper preachy sometimes. Like you know, uh, because I will admit I've done that as well uh, with my scripts because I like to tell stories about mental health or something like a serious topic. That's who I am, I like, you know, if I'm able to do, like, both entertain and both tell a serious subject, I'm all in. But sometimes it could be emotionally draining. So when I was starting to come up with these other, like, comedy short stories I was coming up with, I, was, I found out that I was more motivated to tell those stories more because I was able to incorporate the slice of life element a little bit more and not make it, like, super super depressing it's hard to like you know keep that balance of both so it's 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 um what's i'm trying to try to say it's it's a common problem that some filmmakers have but also at the same time it's just one of those things that's what's kind of like the, the blessing of having people read your script beginning that feedback because um you it also really depends how you critique their work because it could not only it encourages them to get better and everything like that but also, if the feedback, let's say, is absolutely terrible, you're just insulting the person, not really actually giving them actual feedback, then you're kind of defe- you know defeating the purpose of actually a feedback. You want the, the filmmaker to know that the concept is working, they just need to tweak some things and then make it to make it work. And you just can't discourage anyone. Because, you know, that idea could be, you know, it could be an Oscar-worthy um, film. An Oscar original short film or full feature film could actually work, but you're just only concentrating on the huge negatives of the script and not really giving that feedback what's working and what's not working. Because let's be honest, they probably put in a, so much work into this script and if you keep constantly like bringing down the negative and not at least giving him a pos- this person a positive, then it's you know it could be they could make honestly make a mistake and that's the end of their career. It really depends. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I think to add on to that, uh, I was thinking of it for a few minutes. It's just like always remember that in this sort of work, that anything you do, even if you end up throwing it away and you feel like it's a waste of time it is absolutely 110% not a waste of time because Mm -hmm. what you did with that project is you learned and you gained more experience from it absolutely because you know if you're starting to to get into the actually the the wheels turning to actually creating stories and not just you're spoiling different elements with it and 
if you bring up these ideas with other p- people, if, you know, with other filmmakers, or hell, if you have friends who are filmmakers, that's even, that's even brilliant. Uh, so you can actually get that idea off the ground, and then you actually can make something that's honestly beautiful. You're never ever going to get something done correctly, properly, the way you want it the first time. Oh yeah, you're gonna. Everything's just a, a learning curve, learning experience that mm-hmm. you just need to keep on going with. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, um, Mike, here's a good, uh, good question for you. Um, so, um, I know you've been doing a lot of like of the Spider-Man um, fan films that you've made like a whole trilogy of your fan films, and mm-hmm. uh, also uh, I, uh, other stuff that relates to Spider-Man. Um, I was actually wondering if it's a good idea to actually make a fan film to see if you like it. Because I think... Oh, yeah, like, if they, like, you want to do filmmaking, but you're not really sure if it's, you know, you know, really what you want, do you think that's a good idea? I think that is a good idea, because I think sometimes, this is something that I've grappled with myself, is, like, uh, for the past few years, ever since I completed my trilogy, and ever since I graduated college, I was like, did I actually like filmmaking and content creation or was I just there because I got to create a movie about the thing that I love do I really want to make movies or do I just want to make things about the like the character for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and so I think that would be a good way to gauge what you want to do because obviously I realized damn I love filmmaking or like telling stories just writing because the past few weeks I've been thinking about my own original game I was like what if It was like, instead of humanoid people, it's like animals, and you think, you know, oh, something cutesy like Animal Crossing? No, they're trying to, like, solve a murder mystery. Oh, okay. Or it's dark as shit, like Resident Evil. Oh, shit. Like, an apocalyptic (laughs) wasteland. Like, I don't know. I've just been playing with that in my head. That actually sounds pretty cool. I don't know how I got here from the question, but it's just like, (laughs) yeah, I think a a fan project is the best way to decide if this is the kind of thing you want to get into. Yeah, because actually, the thing is, um, even, like, even if, like, you're not really sure, like, where you belong in the filmmaking process, whether it's, like, directing, acting, or even camera operating, because when I started, actually started to your, um, in your, in your movie, like, the, the third and last one, uh, I was actually, what's it called, as you already know that 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 was my first ever acting role in a film before. That was the first one. And at the time, I wasn't really sure if I really wanted to do film acting. And because Mm -hmm. I've been a theater kid since middle school. And, you know, obviously, you know, had, like, training and everything and just been doing theater since um, even till the end of college. And when I, you know, helped you out in it, it, it was like, it gave me that realization to be like, you know what, I actually like this process a lot. It actually was a lot of fun. And that led me to do more work in the film industry. And now, ever since then, I am now starring in a, um, a short film called Ravana's Revenge by Night Boy Cinema. And it's going to be in the Orlando Film Festival. And we're going to have a Red Carpet event. So it's it's amazing, like even just like a fan project, it can lead into so many opportunities. Like after that, 
And hell, um, another another good example about like fan films leading up to potential careers. Um, my martial artist <laughs> teacher, uh, his name is Eric Funch. Uh, he is a martial artist. He he has actually has his own dojo now, and so he's been like doing his own stunt work. After um, he he started in a um, a web series um, that's been really kicking butt on YouTube lately called Power Rangers Unworthy. He plays Rocky, the Red Ranger. And he's been like kicking butt. He's now he got his first um, actually stunt, uh, yeah, his first stunt uh, role in a um, <laughs> as a frat dude, and which was funny as hell when he told me. So he first he got his first um, Screen Actors Guild role in actually re- recently. So it's amazing where it can go. So. Obviously, even though like you can't submit these things to film festivals, um, but they it's a resume thing. You you can put it on your resume and it gives you that experience to keep going. And actually, it will you don't know where it can go, and or what it can inspire you. So honestly, if you and your friends want to make like a very you know cheesy fan film with you know what you might have, um, I think just go for it. Just you know just know what you can and can't do, and just just roll with it. I think the best thing that you could do with that kind of stuff is kind of like quantify it and mm-hmm. put it into words your experience like I could say I created a like 90 minute long feature length film and I was directing a crew of about 10 to 15 individuals on said film mm-hmm. and then we could tie that into the the old banquet we used to have with blooming studios where oh we won awards. Shit. yeah we won awards for that kind of stuff and he can say oh. how many awards you won what they were that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but yeah as the best thing for resumes is whenever you do your thing find a way to quantify it and show that you have the experience the knowledge like um i love to edit so on my resume i'll put i'm proficient or I have advanced knowledge in Adobe Premiere Pro or Adobe Photoshop, After Effects, whatever. Because let's say I'm working on, I don't know, a Stephen King movie. <laughs> and I have to make a title card for the trailer. Uh, After Effects, bada bing, bada boom. I created uh, numerous visuals. I wouldn't say numerous, I would give out the actual number. I would say I created uh, visuals for said film the trailer i put together the film uh, it was about 11 minutes long so i say i edited together an 11 minute short film stuff like that mm-hmm. but yeah it's also uh, a really cool thing is actually um what's a really cool thing that i actually recently just learned that you can actually get the rights to um uh, some stories from from the actual authors um apparently it's a thing that you could do um Actually, the thing I that I recently did, and actually it's what legit Mike just said. Um, yes, I we I directed a Stephen King short film called All That You Love Will Be Carried Away. I'm pretty sure we're gonna probably talk about our experience overall because let's be honest here. This short film that's this short film was was so much fun to work on, but it was so much work into it. In, in a yeah. you know, we thought it was gonna be like a short amount of time, but it just became like a very long process because obviously, you know, COVID-19 kind of ruins everything. And, you know, we're probably going to have a whole solo episode just talking about it. But, you know, there are opportunities out there that authors 
will be like, yeah, sure, adapt my story. And, you know, there's obviously will be some guidelines for you to do, and also some would probably be like, yeah, you could submit it to a film festival. And some of them would be like, uh, nope. Uh, so you have to really do, like, your research. And um, so just a shameless plug. <laughs> uh, you could do, go on Google and type in the Dollar Baby Film Festival, and there's a whole bunch of lists of Stephen King short films that you could actually, you know, get the rights to his short stories for only a dollar. I'm not joking. It's a thing. I didn't believe it at first, but go ahead. Give it a look. It's actually really great for, especially what me and Mike have said, if you're not really sure if filmmaking is your, your passion, definitely give that a shot. Not only that you can adapt a story from the king himself, but you can submit it to, you know, film festivals as well. You just got to make sure you're not, you're not getting, you know, money for it. That's like the only big thing. So, also, just I'm not sure if I would start with that as like your first ever project, but if you do this kind of thing and you start feeling more comfortable, and that's like you're thinking, yeah, this is what I want to do, that's your next logical step. Yeah, because yeah, now I'm thinking about it. You know, you know, Stephen King is a big name, and especially in like not only about the film industry, but also in the writing world. And also, Stephen King will be watching your projects. And actually, I think, actually, yeah, our movie just got delivered, um, I think, yeah, it, it just delivered. actually, yeah, it got delivered actually an hour ago. <gasps> so, yeah, it got delivered an hour ago. No I'm way. Ter- no I'm, way, dude. I'm terrified. Um. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I shipped that out, like, Thursday. And I was like, yeah, it'll get there Tuesday. It'll just, you know, arrive at Stephen King's house. And I was telling everybody at work, and then just like, now it's today. And she's like, yeah, it's arrived at Stephen King's house. I'm just like, wait a minute, hold on a second. <laughs> Is that like, uh, legitimately his house? That's insane. It's actually his uh, his office, actually. His office? Okay. Yeah, I think I saw That's where all the fan mail goes. Yeah, that's pretty much like his office, I believe. But Even yeah, so it's... <laughs> yeah, even yep, better. It's just delivered. That's wow. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be sending them a, an e- like actually the secretary an email just just to make sure they got it. Uh, that yeah, you know, just double check. Yeah, always always double check. You never know what's gonna what would happen. And that's, that's exciting. That is awesome. It is it is awesome. And honestly, like the, all the work with everybody, you know, working with like actors and. Um, it was everyone that was on crew and everything was honestly phenomenal. Um, what I, I the coolest thing to me with that was flying, like an actor in, from Georgia to film with us. That was so cool. It was, and actually, you want to hear a little fun secret? Huh. Actually, Jim has uh, little to no acting education whatsoever. I'm not surprised. Really? I mean, the only one of us that really had uh, more experience in this sort of field was Lydia, because she was in TED and a bunch of oh. other stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was she was the most experienced actor with you know with actual you know education and actual experience. Yeah. And she had um, just one line and was in the movie for maybe like six seconds. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. Honestly, like, it's, this is another thing that I would like to bring up on 
on the podcast um, when it comes to filmmaking. Um, we could we could legit like have a whole conversation of what to do in film and everything like that. But like I just want to make sure like this is also known to a potential episode probably. Um, you know, if you have a really great crew that you could work with, that's fantastic. But you have to also know like who is the people that you could actually work with. You know, if it's like you know, let's say like we're we're making another uh, Stephen King film, for example, right? And, you know, I bring in a bunch of, you know, the same crew, but with an extra couple other people that people don't really know. And, you know, they could be a bunch of frat guys that never showed up because they were out getting drunk the night before and they never show up for the rest of the set. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, uh, it, it could it could go south really quickly. And also, communication is a huge must. We could... <laughs> so we can hold, we can talk about a whole thing about like you know, do's and don'ts of film and everything like that. But um, when it comes to concept wise, the actual title of this episode implies, you know, just the the biggest thing when it comes to coming up with concepts, it could legit go anywhere where you want to be. You just gotta just be careful with the copyright and you know know what to do and you know if it's even if we, you're not really sure if filmmaking is your thing, I highly suggest we just give it a shot. Either way, just consider mm-hmm. what we have implied into this podcast. And honestly, if you have any questions or concerns, please hit us up on Instagram at the Mike on My Podcast, and we definitely like clarify any questions or concerns you might have about you know making your first short film. You know, it's, yep. it's it, it can be very intimidating. Best. It it can be oh, yeah. very intimidating because I remember when I applied for the rights of you know to the Stephen King short story because that was technically my first ever directing a short film technically the first one um, and that that was scary like this was not only like my first time directing it but actually you know you know adapting it and you know and you know. It's, it was a whole big ball game, and you know, because I wanted to leave my mark on to Bloomsburg, be like, this is my last project being at Bloomsburg, and I wanted to go out with the bang. Mm-hmm. I uh, think I th- that. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? I think that no matter what, even after your first, third, fifth, like tenth project, like honestly, you're still going to be kind of like, whew, can I do this? Can I do this? Oh yeah, that's gonna be a big thing, honestly. Like, because it, it can be really intimidating, especially if you're working with different people, and they said, "Oh yeah, I could, I directed seven films within three weeks." What? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, bigger and bigger crews and stuff, getting more people involved, and there's just a lot of stuff to do, and it's, oh man, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Dude, like the the like the amount of paperwork you have to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, like, y'all wanna, okay, like, legit, some people would think, like, filmmaking is just a bunch of, yeah, let's, we find a location, you got actors, you do your rehearsal, and you concentrate, and that's it. But really, it's so much more that goes into it. You know, the visuals, the acting, the designing aspect, and, you know, production design, directing, that's, that's still important, but, like, you can't film a film if you don't have the locations, you don't have the permission or the licenses, it, you know, you gotta have permission to do everything. 
If you don't have that permission or have that verbal agreement to film on location, because um, <laughs> uh, because I had to I had to do that legit uh, for the Stephen King short film and also for a music video that I recently just released. Um, we had to um, get permission to film on location, and because actually during the Stephen King film process. Um, I actually had to email the person. He had asked questions of what the film was about, and you know, and you know, I had to ask answer any questions that may have brought a concern up because apparently a news broadcast people legit broke into their um, motel to reenact the scene of a crime, and they didn't get permission to, to do that. So um, you always gotta wow. make sure you're asking permission to do to do that sort of thing because. It would be really awkward um, if a security guard or a the owner of said businesses comes out and be like, "What are you doing?" Um, and because actually, it happened not too long ago. I was filming. Um, I was. Uh, oh my goodness! I was production assisting, sound crewing. Like I was basically the boom mic guy, and also uh, acting in this short film that my friend Scott, you know, was I was helping out with, and this. Uh, Park Ranger comes out of nowhere and says, hey, what you guys doing? And Scott was just like, oh, hey, um, I'm Scott. Nice to meet you. Um, we have um, permission to be here. Um, here's the form in case you need it. And he's like, oh, cool, thanks. Definitely um, definitely appreciate it um, that you have that type of information ready to go. So if you have those permissions, the law will not hurt you. Uh, but if you're being very disrespectful towards the environment that, you know, that, you know, you're disrupting, that they will kick you out no matter what. <laughs> it's like, say, like, you're filming at an apartment complex and you're, like, honking the horn very loudly and you're disturbing someone from their sleep at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, then, yeah, expect to have some problems with them later on <laughs> in the well, room. So. I don't know. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> I mean, totally not it's, disruptive or anything. Not at all, sir. Not at all, sir. Um, but is there anything you want to add in? Because I think uh, we, um, I think we pretty we much covered, covered like a, yeah, covered what we need to for the basics, I guess. Yeah, I pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, so um, I think that's the end of this, today's episode. Thank you for watching. Uh, not, not watching. Well, wait, uh, listening. Wait, 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 I have I have a couple uh, extra things I was thinking. Work yeah, sure. with your resources. Work with what you have. That is your biggest thing, and that will help you out the most in the long run. If you can learn mm -hmm. how to make a lot with a little, you will go very, very far. Oh my goodness! Absolutely. Like I. I legit, I saw someone legit short, like, not, what's the stop, what am, I, what am I saying? I legit saw someone legit filmed a short film, legit, uh, from a MacBook. Like, they legit filmed it from a MacBook. <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah, they were creative with what they got, and hell, with some of these, the cell phones that we're getting today, you know, it's amazing, like, um, the technology that they have, and it just blows my mind. It's like, yeah, seriously. Like uh, the other week, I was filming a wedding, and mm -hmm. my one battery for my camera was charging. The other batteries in my camera, it died as I was recording. I was like, ah, shit! 
I just pulled out my phone because I just got the iPhone 12 Pro and I was able to just hit record, film it, and it looked just as good as my DSLR footage. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's just basically just learning how to adapt to the situation, really. That's all what filmmaking is. It's just how do we solve this problem and how do we make it good enough? Mm-hmm. It's all... It's, uh, filmmaking is definitely like a problem-solving type of work environment because um, the one film that I was helping out um, when I was like production assistant, I believe, um, it was, you know... Everything just went wrong. Like, you had, like, um, it was hot outside. It was, obviously, in Florida, it's, like, freaking 90 degrees. And mm-hmm. uh, we were just, we were just exhausted. We were hungry. We, everyone was pretty much done with each other and their bullshit. And, you know, it, it, and also our camera battery was dying. And it wasn't, like, a DSLR camera. Like, this was, like, the big movie cameras, like, the Alexas. And so our batteries kept on dying, and our light source was the sun. So we were getting, like, natural sunlight from, you know, from the sky, obviously. And when there was a cloud, we would we'd just be standing there until the cloud moved, and then we had to wait for our shot. And then, and sometimes we would only get that opportunity to shoot this one scene. And it was, it, it, realistically, it would have taken, like, 10 to 15 minutes to actually shoot it. But... You know, with our batteries dying, uh, with the clouds and nature not working with us, it's it could be a whole dramatic new ball game. You know, basically just work what you got and and just adapting to the situation at hand. So, yeah, as long as you were able to adapt and be like ready to go and um, have your you know a, like expectations ready for something to go wrong, then and you're ready to just jump in and just solve the problem, whatever you need to do, then you'll be golden. Because actually, that could be the same process that I'm going to be doing actually this week. Um, I'm helping, I'm going to be a second, it's, um, second, a, a second AD. A, yeah, second AD, that's the, that's the, that's the title. Um, I'll be slating and actually, you know, calling the shot to be like, well, not calling the shot, but more like, you know, what scene this is and basically organizing every of the, Every time we're doing a shot, and if I fuck up, the editor's gonna be hating my ass, and I'll be fired. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty much just paying attention of what your job is, and you know, just um, admit that you know if you're making mistakes, they're not gonna yell at you because obviously college, you're, you're still learning. But if this is like the real world, um, yeah, just be prepared for that. I guess I'm just that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. If you get into this kind of thing, the one of the biggest debates that I've had with a couple of my filmmaker friends is like, uh, what's more important, visuals or audio? And it's like, I think no matter what, it truly does not matter, I guess, as long as you're able to get across the story you're trying to tell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think like the um, what you need to do when it comes to like. Um, I actually would argue like every element is important no matter what. Um, well, yeah. Because obviously, you know, if uh, if the visuals aren't appealing, then maybe the sound might actually be the one that saves the film. Or if the acting is bad, then the the visuals and the audio would be fantastic. It really just depends. Um, uh, but you know, as long as the story is good, no one's gonna like acknowledge like one 
bad camera angle or one bad um, sound design. As long as they're still engaged with the story, I think you should be good. But even if you just start, you know, if you're still starting out, you know, no one is, is expecting you to be the next Steven Spielberg or George Lucas or anything like that. The next big filmmaker is all up to you in the end. So as long as you're happy with your story that you wanted to tell, that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, I, that's the tweet. <laughs> that's the tweet. Uh, but yeah, I think that's pretty much rapid. Do you have any last minute things you want to say? No, I think I got it all out. Sweet. Alright, thank you guys for listening to the Mike on Mike podcast, and we will catch you next time. Thank you guys. Ciao. See y'all later. Bye bye.